0: Welcome to What's the Law Say, a presentation of Legal Aid of West Virginia. I'm Clint Adams, Legal Director with Legal Aid of West Virginia. And in this episode, we will be discussing how to start your own business. As always, we like to start each podcast with our fancy disclaimer that reminds you Legal Aid of West Virginia is a nonprofit law firm providing legal services and advocacy to vulnerable West Virginians. This program is presented to bring relevant and current information. All the information is current at the time this podcast is published. Our guest attorneys are licensed to practice law in the state of West Virginia. This information is legal information, and it really relates only to the law in the state of West Virginia, and this information does not take the place of an attorney-client relationship. You should speak with an attorney about your specific situation. As you know, I'm Clint Adams, Legal Director with Legal Aid of West Virginia, and I have the pleasure of being joined by John Williams, the supervising attorney in our Parkersburg office. John, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you uh, visiting with us. So, John, let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, you're currently the supervising attorney in Parkersburg, um, but you're fairly new to that position. How are you getting settled in? <laughs> settling
1: in fine. Just finally getting over that learning curve at the very beginning. Uh, now I'm getting starting to get blasted with a bunch of cases. So that's uh, interesting. But uh, settling in fine. As to my background, I uh, uh was originally, before I came here, about five weeks ago, I was originally uh, the program director at the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Law Clinic at the West Virginia College of Law. We focused primarily on uh, starting new for-profit businesses as well as non-profit businesses, additionally advising uh, clients of any really small business-related matters. Primarily, the clinical law program was designed to act as a Um, educational outlet for third-year law students to gain that kind of practical experience before they came out in the real world, Um, and they would do that under the supervision of a licensed practitioner such as myself. Um, Prior to that, I was a staff attorney and a program director there where I would handle case overflow, so essentially I would have my own caseload, but got that job right out of law school, so that was the extent of my uh, legal career thus far.
0: So in that role, then you would be serving uh, as as someone would come to you, say, I have an idea for a new business. I'd like to start up a business venture. And you would say, OK, and then you would walk them through the process to to have their business legally recognized. Do I understand that correctly?
1: Yes. So a lot of what I would do early on, if we had an idea um, phase is I wouldn't represent that client. I would specifically say, hey, you need to flush that idea out a little bit more. I tell this to anybody who is trying to start a business. If you don't have a business plan, and that could be for-profit or nonprofit, If you haven't sat down and wrote up a business plan, and it doesn't have to be a 40, 50-page document that you're going to go take to a bank to get funding, but just something that shows that your idea is feasible, you're not going to be successful. You don't want to get into the weeds of, of registering with the state or um, going through any kind, making any decisions prior to knowing with it, if your idea is feasible or not. Um, so I definitely recommend taking a week, two weeks to sit down and really think about what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, how much are things going to cost? Do you need a prototype? Do you need intellectual property? All that kind of good stuff before pursuing a business plan. But yes, so after I would do that, then I would primarily, um, Try to issue spot for them. Maybe maybe say, hey, these are some things you possibly haven't thought about. Never really talked about the business idea itself. We had some really uh, good business ideas and some some business ideas I thought might not be successful. But that's not really necessarily my place, right? Um, I'm sure a lot of people told uh, uh, Steve Jobs that that the iPhone it wasn't going to be great, you know. After that, we would then begin the legal process and and go through the steps of registering with the state and
0: the localities. So you talked earlier about getting bank financing is is are most businesses going to require bank financing before they can get started? A lot of the
1: entrepreneurs dream big, and that's what um you kind of have to temper those expectations a little bit. A lot of them come in and they have million dollar ideas, but those million dollar ideas might cost a million dollars, right? And if you're in those early stages of your business, you are very, unlikely to get bank financing, right? They're going to want to see past um, reporting of how the business was doing. So they're they're really hesitant on um, uh, granting financial uh, or finances to individuals who don't have that kind of history. A lot of the times you'll see investors at that point will come in and, and give that money. But to be honest, a lot of businesses that I saw as well were just small businesses. They, they you know, just had an idea. They wanted to start a restaurant or or maybe a food truck or something like that. And those typically don't need as much funding at, at first.
0: So let's take the restaurant as an example. Let's say I've already found a place that I can rent and I have enough money to cover the rent for the beginning, uh, you know, first few months or so. Uh, so. I don't expect that I'm going to need any particular financing. Ballpark, what's it going to cost someone to then make their business a legal um, business entity?
1: Well, okay, so a lot of what I did was try to prevent that cost as as much as possible. The problem with that is it doesn't cost a lot. Um, Really, in order to actually register with the state and and register with the, the state tax department, at most you're looking at around $130. Um, you can get those fees waived if you're between 18 or 30. There's something called the Young Entrepreneurship Act that can waive that fee, um, as well as if you're a veteran, you can get fees waived. Uh, but that's the issue, right? So that's a, a double ended or double-edged sword because it is so easy to register that business that you need to really make sure that you have all your ducks in a row before you go through that process because it's easy
0: to start a business, hard to dissolve one. Now, what does it mean to register that business whenever I register it? Does that mean it becomes like a a copyright or a trademark or something like that? Or what exactly are you talking about when you say registering your business? Yeah, so so in West Virginia, you have to have essentially a
1: license to operate a business. Now, that doesn't have to be an actual physical location. So for, res, for a restaurant, you're probably going to have a physical building. But a lot of the times, especially nowadays, you're not going to have Um, A physical location, a lot of people are operating these businesses outside of their home. However, you have to have a license to still operate, and the reason that is, is if you do something that injures somebody, the state wants to know that they can get a hold of you in the case that there's a lawsuit pending, right? Additionally, you are going to have to pay uh, income tax on, on any income that you make for that business. Uh, So you have to register with the state tax department to tell them, hey, you're operating a business um, and that you intend to pay taxes, albeit it may not be anything.
0: Now, what if my kid wants to run a lemonade stand uh, there at the end of the driveway or I have a yard sale? Um, Do I have to have a business license for those types of activities? Well,
1: (laughs) I think that that's kind of an it depends question, right? So if you're operating, and then this is the funny part is, Um, you know, you have to think about everything, right? So, cities have their own rules as well as states. So, your locality might be different. There was a funny case about a kid getting, essentially, they're cited for operating a lemonade stand. Um, Typically, that's not going to be enforceable. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to come in and say, hey, that's too much. But if it looks like the parents are in the Background uh kind of making that lemonade stand to be much more successful than a child operating it it you know you can get in the weeds of there,
0: so like a yard sale though you're you're okay to have a yard sale on the weekend and and probably not require a business license,
1: probably not, so
0: a yard sale
1: it would be different because you are not carrying on a business activity, right you're selling your own personal uh property. Um, that in the eyes of the law, that's not necessarily
0: carrying on a business. What are some of the factors they're looking at then to determine if this is, in fact, a business operation or if this is just, you know, clean out the garage and trying to unload some stuff?
1: Yeah. So so one of those things is regularly carrying it on. Right. So that also becomes tricky if your business is seasonal. Right. So if you have a business that primarily only operates in the summer, um, mowing grass. And can be say mowing, mowing grass. grass. Yeah. It could be seen as regularly carried on. Additionally, there's a lot that could be taken in consideration about the steps that you took in order to operate. Right. So if you were just cleaning out your garage and you were sued, perhaps by the state uh, for failure to pay taxes or something along those lines, they might take that kind of stuff into consideration, which what 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 did you do to get to the point where you were at? Um, did you go out and buy a bunch of stuff and then set it out on your lawn as if you were operating a business? Um, a lot of places do also have specific roles um, around, like HOAs around having yard sales and, and garage sales and things of that nature. So those will be taken into account as well. I'm sorry, we use acronyms here at Legal Aid of West Virginia all the time. An
0: HOA, what's an
1: HOA? Homeowners Association. So if you are part of a group of homes who have entered into an agreement, there's going to be stipulations in the agreement of what you can do and in your at your property that doesn't affect other people's homes. Typically they'll say, Hey, you can have we'll have one week where everybody can have a yard sale. That's going to bolster your case on whether or not you're operating a business or not.
0: So when would you advise someone if they came if they came to you as an attorney and said, you know, I've 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 been selling some stuff on eBay and maybe I've been uh, had a few yard sales or I go to the flea market occasionally. When would you advise someone to get a business license in those situations?
1: If you're doing it for profit, right? And if you're doing it and you intend to continue to do it. So I think that, you know, you just need to use common sense in that situation. If you are actively engaging in an activity to make money and you intend to continue that activity on, whether it be seasonal or um, once a month, uh, it might be to the point where you're like, hey, I'm no longer, my intentions are no longer just to sell some personal items that I have. It's now I'm,
0: I'm starting
1: a online business.
0: So now you're running a business, maybe it's an online business, and you decide I need to register that business, get a business license and all those things. Um, What would be the first step? If you know that you're going to start a business,
1: you're going to, a lot of the issues that I encountered is uh, initially with the name. You have to sit down and think about whether or not your name is taken in the state. You mentioned copyright earlier. Um, In West Virginia, just as a rule of thumb, And this is just in practice. The law is actually a little bit different than this. They won't register a business that has the exact same name. And the reason that is, is because they don't want to be so confused when they're trying to serve process on somebody for a lawsuit. Uh, So really think about your name and actually get on to the West Virginia Secretary of State's website. Go to the West Virginia business uh search lookup program that they have there and type in your business name and see if another business pops up typically if you have a general name i always use john's handyman service um, where it's just my name and then what i do more than likely there's going to be another business that's already started like that so get on there find out if your name is available the next step before you file anything is to find out what type of business you want to have There's a lot of factors that you need to weigh in order to determine that. So the first, the two most common types of businesses that I um, formed were LLCs and corporations. LLCs are limited liability companies. Those are typically your smaller mom and pop shops, right? Those are the ones that you know you're going to be operating by yourself. You don't have, you don't intend to grow super large. Um, You're going to be primarily in control of that company. And additionally, you don't need to get a lot of funding to start it up. Investors are very hesitant on investing in an LLC because they have to participate actively in that LLC. Now, there's ways around that, but we're just going to keep it basic here.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about LLCs. What does LLC stand for? And what's the benefit of starting your company as an LLC?
1: Yeah, so an LLC is a limited liability company. A lot of people always say limited liability corporation. It's not a limited liability corporation. It's a limited liability company. It's it's actually a very important distinction. Um, The benefits of an LLC is first, you only need one person to actually run, to start and run that business. They have a thing called a single member limited liability company. The most important factor of it is there's a thing called pass through taxation. And what I mean by pass through taxation is that instead of being uh, the company itself being taxed, you are only paying the taxes for the profit on your personal income tax. When you file your personal income tax, you're going to file the attachment and say, hey, I operated a business. Um, It's going to be a partnership attachment called a Schedule K. And it will say, hey, I made this amount of money. You're allowed to take deductions in your business through your personal taxes, whereas if you file a different type of entity, such as a corporation, the corporation is taxed at the corporate level as well as um, being taxed at the shareholder level, and we'll talk about that when we get to corporations.
0: So, when it says limited liability, what what are the limits then of your liability if you have a, a, I assume that's what limited liability company means, that you're somehow limiting your liability. What are the limitations then?
1: yeah so i'm gonna I'm gonna compound that question just because I think it's important, right so if you are not if you are just operating a business without registering, you have what is called full liability. So if you are mowing my lawn or building me let's use building me a deck and I walk outside and the deck collapses and I break my leg, I can sue you personally for your your personal assets like your home uh, your your car, things of that nature. If you are operating a business, absent some kind of a gr- uh, gross negligence or, or fraudulent activity, I can only sue for what the business has. So it's very important that you you take those steps to to register as a business so you can get that limited liability aspect,
0: and that's across the board for any business that is registered. If I'm if I'm someone that's a handyman and I just do some stuff on the side. A, can I register my business? And B, should I register my business?
1: So I always recommend you register your business specifically for that limited liability. The handyman's a bad example because there's a separate license for a handyman. But but yes, there is a question on whether or not you do that. Um, But because West Virginia has made it so easy and it is actually not that expensive, the the downfall is you could be sued for your house. The downfall is you could be sued for your, the consequences outweigh the cost, right? So always register your business, even if it's just a single member LLC, so you can have that limited liability.
0: So it's fair to say if you were going to start a business, you would want to talk with an attorney about your specific situation and all the factors that you have, and they could assess that and make a specific uh, uh, recommendation to each individual, right?
1: Yes. Entity selection and, and, and having somebody counsel you on entity selection is so important at the beginning because it's very hard to retroactively change that.
0: So now you were talking about a corporation and that being different than a limited liability company. Uh, how is it different?
1: Yes. Yeah, so a corporation is more like your McDonald's or Amazon, the larger businesses. Um, The big thing about a corporation is it's not owned by a single individual. It's owned by what are called shareholders. If you've ever seen uh, uh, people uh, buying stock or anything like that, they're, they're buying stocks in a corporation and they are becoming shareholders. Now, they are given what are called common law rights, which means that they can vote for specific people to actually control the company, and those people are called a board of directors. Now, the board can also be shareholders, but typically they're just a board of directors that are, operate in the best interest of the corporation. The board of directors at that point can make a decision to hire people that are typically called officers. These are like your CEO, your chief executive officer, um, or your, your CFO, your chief financial officer, and they'll, they'll manage the day-to-day operations of the company.
0: So this is where we see like on Shark Tank, right, where they'll buy a 20 percent interest in someone's business that that they present to them. Uh, They then become a shareholder in that business at whatever that allocated uh, negotiated amount is as as an investor. Do I understand that correctly?
1: Yeah, Shark Tank's a really, um, a really good example, because a lot of the times when you're starting a corporation, the reason you're doing so is because you want to obtain investment. So you are selling equity in the company. That 20% ownership. Once you sell that equity in the company, they become a shareholder and they have rights in that company.
0: How does the liability of shareholders in a corporation differ from liability in an LLC? So, shareholders can't be sued in a corporation. Um, The
1: the individuals that would be subject to lawsuits in a corporation are your
0: officers or uh, your board of directors. How might someone who's starting a a new business protect themselves against the possibility of being sued um, for things that, as you noted, the building of a deck, for example, let's say you build a deck, somebody falls through it, and now they're going to sue you for those injuries. How would a a business owner protect themselves?
1: So, so that's an issue, right? Because you can be sued for any reason, (laughs) no reason at all, really. The question is, how do you best defend those lawsuits? Um, First of all, register your business and don't hold yourself out to be operating a business as yourself. So if you're John's handyman service, operate as John's handyman service. Don't operate as John building your deck because the court could breach that veil of liability and get to you personally. Um, the second thing is is to make sure that you have good business insurance and liability insurance because that will um, assist in any legal costs that you might, might he- have or or things in that nature, Um, but the big thing is to make sure to go through all of the appropriate steps to start your business and then operate along those lines.
0: So, we talked a little bit about the liability implications. Let's talk a little bit about the tax implications. You touched on that a little bit earlier, but let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, How is a corporation taxed, and how is that different from an LLC being taxed?
1: Yeah, So a lot of people that, you know, are new to forming businesses don't realize this, that there are two. Well, first of all, the tax code is massive, right? Um, I remember the first day of corporate tax law, uh, I, I came in and the law professor sat like 12 books on the, the desk and said, this is the tax code. By the time you graduate, a lot of it will be different <laughs> <'Cause> it changes. <laughs> it changes every four years Um, so it's it's always different so i it's hard to base which entity you want to select on on taxes because you never know one year one four years it might be better to be an llc another four years it might be better to be a corporation however the corporation is taxed specifically with the corporate tax level that's enacted at that time and LLC is taxed at the personal tax level. So when if you're operating a corporation, the corporation is taxed at that corporate tax level. Then they issue distributions to the shareholders, and that's how the shareholders get the money in their pockets. And those um, uh, distributions are taxed at
0: a capital gains uh, level. So we've talked about some some types of businesses that you might start. Um, can you give some examples of businesses that might require a special licensure under the state?
1: Yeah. So so big ones are ones that require um, uh, uh, you to take some form of education class, like plumber, HVAC. Uh, uh, the number one that I see is construction. So when you think about handyman, you think about construction. Um, there's a level. Right. So uh, uh, when do you become a construction uh, operation versus just like, you know, a handyman? The question is, how much work are you doing throughout the year? So the state actually made a cap and I believe that cap is ten thousand. Don't quote me on that, but it's something kind of small um, and I think it's one thousand per job. So if you're going over, if you're, you're and that's with labor and materials, so if you're spending more than $1,000 or charging more than $1,000, you're going to need what is called a contractor's license, and you're going to have to go and obtain that contractor's license. And if you are doing so without that contractor's license, you're subject to a lot of um, fines as well as potential criminal action. Um, and and I always tell people who are doing that, it's not the customers that are going to, to report you, it's the other contractors.
0: So, if you want to start a business, you should research that area of the the business and determine whether or not uh, you need a specialty license, such as tow truck drivers, taxi operators, um, real estate brokers, all of these uh, types of areas have certain educational requirements. And there are undoubtedly, the list is countless as to areas of the law that you, or areas of business that you would need some specialty license on. We talked a little bit earlier about Um, general liability, a general liability policy that you should have for your business? Are there other insurances that you're required to get uh, to operate a business in West Virginia?
1: So if you are planning to employ people, I highly recommend that you speak to an attorney. It's not as simple as um, just starting your business. Now now there's a lot of interplay with um, employment-related laws. Um, and if you are going to employ people, you're going to have to have workers' comp insurance. You're going to have to have or unemployment compensation insurance as well. So so that's where you, really where you get in, into a lot of those kind of required
0: aspects. And if you're going to employ someone, what are some of the basics that you need to know as far as, I mean, I mean certainly anyone could hire a bookkeeper uh, who specializes in, in that sort of knowledge. But if you kind of want to muddle through it a little bit yourself. What are some of the basics that you just need to know?
1: Well, yes. So, an employment relationship always starts off with an agreement. There there needs to be a contract. And I will say a lot of what we encountered is people having what are called independent contractors. Um, Those are not necessarily employees. However, the IRS does not care (laughs) if you classify them as an independent contractor or an employee. Um, If they're acting as an employee, they're going to be considered an employee, and you could be hit with a lot of fines if you don't go through the appropriate actions with an employee. A lot of the things that you need to consider when you are hiring an employee is, one, are you getting a value out of it? Um, it, Or or are you just doing it because you – you think that's what businesses have. Young entrepreneurs and, and, and entrepreneurs in general, they put so much work in um, and that's how their businesses become successful. It's not necessarily the, every business needs to have employees. There's a lot of great resources on Workforce West Virginia that are available um, for individuals who are wanting to employ somebody.
0: So and along those lines, uh, I know some of the taxes that I see that uh, that come out of my thing, right? Social Security, FICA. You need to know about all of those things, at least from a from a higher level. Even if you hire a bookkeeper, you need to understand that to be an entrepreneur. Uh, would you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, and a lot of the. Uh... Uh, issues that I see with people, you know, thinking specifically your paycheck, right? FICA, FUTA, Medicaid, right, comes out. That's about 20% of everybody's paycheck goes out. What a lot of people do not realize is the business also pays that 20%. So you're going to be paying both of those. I'll kind of bring it back just a little bit for the LLC. The downside of an LLC is because you are a single individual operating a business or even a partnership, you're going to pay what is called self-employment taxation. And that is the combination of both the employer's and the employee's taxes. So you'll be paying that additional taxation when you file your personal tax return. And that is a downside.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about the partnership because we haven't touched much on that as a business entity. What's it take to form a partnership, and um, what are some of the concerns and some of the benefits of partnership?
1: Yeah, so a partnership can it, there's the legal definition. it's two or more people uh, entering into an agreement uh, for profit. That is all it takes to form a partnership Now, when you have multiple people in an organization, you're going through the registration. Process, let's take LLC for example, you're going to have to, by law, create what is called an operating agreement. It is essentially a partnership agreement. It's going to outline who gets what, who has, um, is it all 50 50 or does somebody have 30% voting rights, the other person has 70% voting rights? It's going to go through each um, major decision and how that company is going to operate between the two partners.
0: How is that tax, though? If you're a partnership, you know, if I'm just because I own part of a partnership, do I get taxed at half of whatever the business makes or uh, is that different?
1: It, it, it typically follows ownership. So if one partner is um, the main person who's doing most of the management and they're saying, hey, I'm going to get about 70 percent and you're going to take 30 percent, they're called units. Of ownership, then the income and losses, right? Because you got to remember, not all businesses are successful, usually follows ownership. There are ways around that, but typically it follows ownership. The way that that is taxed is like I said before in an LLC, the actual organization does not pay taxes, but it does still report to the IRS how much money was made and how much money was made specifically by each partner. And that report is then um, sent out to the partners of the company, and they attach it to their personal tax return.
0: Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, Some really beneficial information here. You know, if someone's looking to start their own business, uh, sounds like they should probably talk specifically with an attorney about their situation.
1: I tend to agree. I would also say um, the Secretary of uh, uh, State's online business for West Virginia uh, website has a lot of great resources for individuals that are interested in starting their own business and, and
0: they take calls every day. Well, thanks for taking the time today and taking my call. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. If you have dreamed of starting your own business, you can find a wealth of information at business4wv.gov. More information about Legal Aid of West Virginia and our programs is available at legalaidwv.org. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of What's the Law Say? A presentation of Legal Aid of West Virginia.